Welcome into the homecoming edition of Inside the Nest, the official podcast of Kennesaw State Athletics. 5 p.m. this Saturday, Kennesaw State, number 13 in the nation, takes on North Carolina A&T State for the first time. We're going to break it down on today's podcast. We'll be joined by the kicker, Nathan Robertson. Nailed a couple of field goals in the win over Hampton this past Saturday. So we'll recap that Hampton victory for the Owls preview A&T and sit down with Nate the Great. Nolan Alexander, Jordan Griffin, and Brandon Sutton here with you on Inside the Nest. Barkley Miller, big time just once again. We'll get into that as well. So let's go on ahead and break it down. The win over Hampton preview A&T here on Inside the Nest. Joined by an OG, Brandon Sutton, a new OG, Jordan Griffith. Kind of making that term up. That's okay. It's a podcast. We can hey. do what we want, right? Hey, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Add <laughs> to the introduction. And I'm Nolan Alexander. Guys, that was a good win for Kennesaw State. I, I think the coaches probably looked at the performance and players probably looked at the performance and said we left a lot out there. We didn't execute in ways that we feel like we should have. But at the end of the day, you go on the road and beat a team by three scores in your conference. It doesn't matter if you're playing in the Big South, the SEC, anywhere in between. That's good. That's good. A three-score win on the road against a conference team, that is good. Now, I'm not giving out rat poison. I know there's things that are to improve upon, but at the end of the day, if you look at that performance, yeah, there's a lot that you can say that Kennesaw State should have done better. But again, end of the day, rainy conditions, had some injuries. You won 34-15, to 15, moved 4-1 and one in the season. Yeah, and that's great. Uh, the best thing you can have is coming off a road game is coming back with a W. Uh, one of the best things that you want – especially when you're going on the road, is just for everything to just try to come together uh, a lot more than usual. But when you come out and have things happen like what we did on Saturday, caught the fumble bug a little bit, uh, it's still great to see that even though we left that many points out there on the field, we still won by three touchdowns, and it was a significant win in the Big South Conference going forward for the rest of the season. Yeah, you you said it perfectly. It's kind of like my Isaac Foster stat two weeks ago. is Kennesaw State was able to put up all those points without his production, and now on this game, you're able to put up 34 to 15 win with having those mistakes. They had those mistakes, and they were still able to win 34 to 15. That's not something you see a whole lot. I mean, if you think you left, I mean, I think 14 points out there possibly easily, and you still win by this margin. That's that's very impressive. Kennesaw State, the winner to move to 4-1 and one of the season, ranked highs number 13 in the coaches' poll, 17th according to, or 15th, excuse me, according to stats, FCS. And some numbers for KSU as far as rushing goes, 339 yards on the ground, averaging 5.8 yards per pop. X-Man Xavier Shepard, 8 of 11 passing for a buck 09, 448 total yards of offense, held Hampton to 276, 151 through the air, and then 125 yards rushing. We discussed it in the broadcast. Credit Christopher Zealous, backup quarterback for Hampton, uh, mounting a long touchdown drive to get the Pirates in the end zone in the fourth quarter. Had that drive not happened, it would have marked the third straight game. The KSU rush defense has held an opponent under 100 yards, and Hampton liked to rush the football. Came in second to the Big South in rushing, entering that game. This KSU rush defense continues I don't know if you could say it was is better than what we saw against Jacksonville State, but prior to that last drive, it was darn near close. Just building, they're just continuing to build off the performances that they've been 
showing us week in and week out. Every time there's this defense is out on the field, one of the main things they're trying to do is stop the run. They're trying to keep this team one-dimensional, and that's what we've been seeing week to week from this defense, and it's just continuing to build and build and build, and we're just being able to see the best performance out of this defense week in and week out. So just going on, continuing on with uh, the season, our next opponent, NCAAT, uh, a team we know is going to come out and try to run the ball and try to put a lot of running yards up against this team, and I'm really excited to say to come out and see this team put together another outstanding performance uh, potentially from the defense side of the ball. Yeah, I, I think you also said a, a lot of good things there, but what I was more impressed with in I, I guess this entire season is just the linebacking core. I, I mean, we haven't really had to, to, to say their name too often. When we do, it's a positive way. Mm-hmm. And also, this Kennesaw State team, you can just feel it every single week. It really is, there is a linear progression right now it's just it's slowly going up every game is getting a little bit better winning by a little bit more and I think by the end of the season I mean I don't want to jinx them but I mean it's if they continue that progression who knows how good this team can really be well the top two tacklers against Hampton were linebackers Welton Spotsville led the team in tackles six solo seven total tackles a TFL had a forced fumble that was big as part of that that fumble bug that Kennesaw State and a little bit of Hampton battled there in the opening half. Evan Thompson second on the team with tackles against Hampton with six stops. Saw Irwin Bird, a cornerback, bump up his tackle total with five. He had an interception the week before. And those top three tacklers were all new to the roster this year. And that's part of where I, I thought this Kennesaw State team would be. I didn't know if the Owls were going to be 4-1 and one looking at the schedule at the start of the season. thought they very well could be, but I knew... We wouldn't get the best taste of this KSU team until about the start of Big South play. Just because there were so many new bodies coming into a program that requires you to be here for a while to really acclimate yourself, and now we're seeing that talent start to fill fill in. Spotsville has grabbed hold of that Sam linebacker spot. Evan Thompson has worked his way into the starting role. Erwin Bird has now come and solidified a cornerback spot. That's good news for a defense that want to see a better spark here in a 21 fall season compared to the spring. These guys are, have been coming out and making a name for themselves. These Coming into this season, we had a lot of questions, uh, fans, coaches, everyone, just because, one, we have a lot of new guys coming out here with new roles, and, two, we weren't uh, completely sure how they were going to perform. But five games into the season, these guys are playing lights out. They're doing great things. Uh, week to week, we're always saying uh, Thompson's name. He's continually, be, continuously being a player that's just making plays and just being around the ball. Uh, Spotsville, from picks to big play to big tackles, he's being he's moving sideline to sideline consistently every other play. And Bird just being able to come in and solidify that cornerback spot, just being able to lock down those uh, wide receivers and help prevent anything happening from a uh, – from the passing game, it's just been it's been lights out. And it's been electric from this defense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something that's very important about this team is you're not see you're not hearing the same names that you did in the spring, and that's very important because it's showing again that progression. You're getting these new guys chipping in, and these these veterans on this team, the old heads on this team, like you used to be, such they're not having to carry the load like they used to. They're not having to carry the load like maybe they would if they were on another team. Here at Kennesaw State, you have Evan Thompson, you have Earl Wimbert, you have all these guys stepping in, and I mean, just <laughs> playing as well as you can possibly play for that situation. I-, I couldn't be more pleased with the state of this team right now. Well, it's time for the moment of the podcast, which has become a weekly tradition, giving Xavier Shepard some love. Big South Offensive Player of the Week for the second consecutive week. He rushed for 179 yards on the ground, three touchdowns against Hampton. 179 for him, career high. 
First time Kennesaw State has had a rusher over 170 yards since Murph Magic did it for 206 against Wofford in the 2019 playoffs. We found out today the 179 rushing yards for Shepard were the most by a quarterback in a Big South Conference game. So not for a Big South Conference team, but in a true conference matchup featuring two Big South teams the most ever. And he did it, and Coach said afterward, his interview with John Bednarowski, the mayor of Daily Journal, left a lot of yards out there. I mean, he, he could have had, he could have went over 200, which would have been the first 200-plus-yard rusher that Hampton has given up since Tariq Cohen, an alumnus of North Carolina A&T, who we'll see this Saturday, did in 2016. So when you could go out and you leave a lot of yards out and you still rush for a buck 79, what does that say about your performance, Brandon Sutton? Well, one thing I say, it's uh, uh, Shep's going out there and he's not being greedy with the football. He's going out there just to make the best decision for this team. He could have easily kept some, kept a few more balls to get over that 200-yard <laughs> mark. But you know what? He made a decision, hey, I'm going to pitch this, hope for the best thing, hopefully let some guys get outside like we saw with Mike, my cousins, a little bit er uh, earlier in that game. Uh, and just Xavier Shepard, he's just continuing to be a lights-out player. Mm -hmm. Every week he's coming in just showing he's – a maestro with this offense. He's controlling the game. He's keeping things running. He's uh, putting the ball in the right place when we need to pass the ball. And he's just continuing to build as a quarterback for this triple option offense. And the best thing that we're just continuing to see from him is incremental progression. As JG's been hitting all day, is uh, uh, Coach Chesson, he'll preach week to week if you can get just a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And that's what we've been seeing out of Xavier Shepard. If he makes a mistake in one week, the next week we're coming out, we're not seeing that same mistake. If we do see a mistake, it's something that's completely different or something just that that's out of his control. And just this continual growth out of him is just spectacular to see. And it's just going forward, he's just going to continue to build and build and build to become a great quarterback for this team. Nine rushing touchdowns in the season. That's second in the FCS. Incredible for a quarterback that's started all but one half of football this season. Xavier Shepard, the Big South Offensive Player of the Week. Nolan Alexander, Brandon Sutton, Jordan Griffith with you here on Inside the Nest. And let's look at the matchup for this Saturday, North Carolina A&T. The Aggies and the Owls in the Big South Conference game, the first time A&T plays Kennesaw State. If you're unfamiliar with this team, they have been the class of HBCU football for the better part of more than five, six years now, led by Sam Washington, who succeeded Rod Broadway, who put A&T on the map once again. This is a team that, that has been strong in the MEAC, has won multiple celebration bowls, which pits the MEAC and the SWAC champion for the HBCU National Championship. A&T comes into this ballgame with a 3-2 record, 2-0 in the Big South, and is very balanced. Puts up 30 points per game, gets 191 yards in the ground per afternoon, passes for 192 per game. So extremely balanced offense, and they're led by Jalen Fowler, the quarterback, and a narrow win against North Alabama, who... I think arguably is the best winless football team in the FCS. And I, I, don't, I don't say that with tongue-in-cheek. I think they're legitimate. They have just been snake-bit in their transition to Division One. Fowler, 14 of 20 for 234, three touchdowns, one pick, six rushes for 20 yards. All-American running back, Jamain Martin, 19 totes for 75 yards. Defensively, Jacob Roberts, 12 tackles, and one TFL. New opponent for this team, this coaching staff, for fans. If you are not familiar with North Carolina A&T, be prepared. This is going to be a four-quarter battle. That is the expectation, at least in my eyes. What are you guys thinking? I'm Personally, I'm feeling like just like I would at any time this team plays a brand-new opponent. We don't know what we're walking into yet. As of this moment, we should consider this game is the caliber of an SEC team because 
we don't know what we're going to see on Saturday afternoon because we've never played this team before. So we have to come in with the mentality that this is the, this is the biggest game of the year because it is. It's the next ball game. So with that mentality going in, I can promise you these coaches are preaching to these players, hey, we've never played them. They've never played us. We don't know what they're going to show up with. They don't know what they're going to experience when they show up at Fifth Third Bank on Saturday afternoon. So this entire week, you have to do everything you can to prepare yourself for the best ball game that we've seen from you this entire season. I know this might sound crazy. With all the great matches that, that we've been able to see so far, I'm actually most excited for this game because of what I think North Carolina a can bring. And Sutton, you can tell me about this. When Kennesaw State started up, they were kind of in the same position where North Carolina a is now. You want to make your mark right away. And they've beaten two Big South opponents already. And, you know, they probably heard all year before the Big South play started, okay, well, you can get a win. Well, can you do it in conference? They've done it twice. They, they've beat two teams, two, I think, good teams. Uh, North Alabama, you said, one of the best winless teams in a Robert Morris. They won 41-14 to 14 over them. They have a lot of motivation. They want to come in here and they can beat Kennesaw State? They can beat Kennesaw State in their first year in the Big South? I mean, that, that is that is pure motivation injected right into their veins, and they're going to play like it on Saturday, Sud. Oh, definitely. So for any, especially with this team coming out of the uh, coming out of the MEAC, correct? So this is their first year in a new conference where they're able to play for an FCS title. So coming into your first year in the conference, what better way than to beat every team that's won the conference? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as of right now, they have two Big South wins. What more to build on that than a third Big South win? And then they're just going to continue to try to build on that. But having that mentality coming into a new a new field of play, so to speak, for this team, they're going to have a lot of energy. They're going to be so excited on Saturday afternoon. They're going to bring. They're going to come to give Kennesaw their best shot. The A&T band will be at the ball game. It's going to be a great crowd. It's going to be a lively crowd. Fun atmosphere at the bank. 5 p.m. kickoff. KSUAlls.com/tickets. You can watch it on ESPN Plus. And if you're Listening to this from the Next Star footprint in the Carolinas, it will be available on a couple of TV outlets. That information will be available on KSUOwls.com. You can see it on ESPN Plus. You can, of course, listen to it on the KSU Owls app. I think a big thing in this game Saturday is Kennesaw State has been so good at avoiding penalties. So good. Fourth no. fewest penalty yards in the nation at 30 yards per game. A&T had six pass interference calls against North Alabama. Five were accepted. Now, considering Kennesaw State's volume of passing compared to what UNA did, I'm not expecting six pass interference, but I think that's going to be a big part of this matchup when you have two physical, fundamentally sound teams. Who's going to beat itself up a little bit more? If the Owls can avoid the fumbles like how they did against Hampton, play a clean ball game, that's in their favor. I, I think that's going to be big as far as the penalties go against A&T, a team that that six pass interferences, that is an outlier for this program. I'm not sure it's going to happen again. If it does, that's going to be a telltale sign of who's going to win MIO. Well, f- first thing, going back to last week, you take, the, you take the penalties, I mean, you take the fumbles away. There's 14, potentially 14 more points on the board. It's a 48-point ball game. So we take those few mistakes out, and you play mistake-free football, good things happen. Going into this game Saturday, if we can play mistake-free football, no penalties, figure out what's going wrong with the fumble bug, Get those, get those drills working this week. <laughs> <laughs> and just, just coming to, come to Saturday with the mentality, just play a clean ball game. If you play a clean ball game and uh, NCA and T makes two, three of those mistakes, it's going to be really hard for them to leave the fifth third bank with a W. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you want to talk about A-plus research already on a Monday, Nolan finding that little fact out, five, inter- five pass interference calls? I mean, look at that A-plus broadcasting right there, huh? 
<laughs> just like I told Barkley on Saturday, your paychecks come to the mail, bud. <laughs> Check that cash out. Well, up next here on Inside the Nest, we'll be joined by someone who plays a big role in Kennesaw State's success and has for the past few years, kicker Nathan Robertson, two-time first-team All-Big South honoree. He's going to join us next here on Inside the Nest. Today tastes like movie night. Okay, whose turn is it to choose? And everyone's favorite hit, pizza and Coke. Today tastes like front row seats for all. Like cushions and popcorn. And counting the seconds. Today tastes like a slice of the action. Like we belong here and now. And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. Welcome back into Inside the Nest. Nolan Alexander, Brandon Sutton, Jordan Griffin, and now joined by Kennesaw State's kicker, Nathan Robertson. Nathan, have you been on a podcast before? Uh, no, this is actually my first one, I believe. I might have done one earlier, but I think this is my first. Okay, so you're lined up, you're ready for the snap and the hold, and you're going to try to kick it through the uprights? Yes, sir. Good. I'm ready. First thing I want to know, from a kicker's standpoint, what is your routine on the sideline? When do you start to bring over Potter and... Thompson and, and start to practice your field goals, kicking the net, all that stuff. What does that look like in an offensive drive? So um, whenever we start out, I know already where I told Coach Bo uh, my field goal ranges for the game. So once we get closer there, if we can uh, get a first down that's close and I know our field goal range is in the first down, I start doing one kick on first down. And then if we get a third down, I do another kick, try to space it out not too long. And then Potter, he pays attention too, and he just grabs Thompson whenever he needs him, and he warms up. Uh, I don't know exactly how many he does, but uh, he's cutting back this year because he was doing too many, he felt like, before. So we're kind of working on that, both of us. What was your range given the conditions at Hampton on Saturday? Um, the wind was going, like, both ways uh, in my face and to my back. So I told Coach Bo uh, at least around the 33 for the snap, uh, for each side, just depending on the wind, because I felt like I could make it on both sides, even if the wind was in my face from that range. So your career long in the game is 46 yards. You've done that twice. Yes, sir. Homecoming 2019, you did it at Georgia Tech this year. What's the longest that you've made outside of the game, like in practice or warm-ups or anything? Uh, in practice, coming into college, I used to go out and kick, and I hit between like 63 and 65 before. Are, are we going to see a 63 or 65 yarder this season? Uh, I mean, if we have the chance, <laughs> I'll go out there. So, Nate, man, me knowing you and just, like, our, our relationship, how long I've, we've played together and all this. So, when we – me uh, having been on that PAT lineup and everything out there, uh, coming into Saturday, conditions weren't the greatest. First thing in your head, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you line up, go to that kick? Um, first thing, before I even step out on the field, I grab some loose uh, turf and just throw it up, see which way the wind's going at the time. And uh, it was always different, even uh, before kickoff. Uh, me and Coach Bell were standing over there before the captains went out, like playing with the grass and had to make like a last-minute decision which way we wanted to kick if we won the toss. But wind's usually the first thing I look at. And then um, I just take my steps back, line up, and then take my two steps over, check my uh, spot in the background again, and then – just look down and don't think about anything else. Okay, okay. And here's my second question. I'm going to take it a little more inside the, the internal KSU stuff for this one. Pre-game, 
a lot of people don't know this, but the Specs sit with Coach Bo still, right? Yes, we do. What's that pregame conversation like? Okay, so <laughs> we're all sitting over there. The Take specs. it through. What, what do you mean? What, when is this that takes place? So for uh, all, all of our meals, especially when you're on the road, you eat with your position coaches. So whenever you show up to the table, it's going to be you, your, your position group, so the specialists, and the, your position coach for them is always Coach Bo. So the, this is our uh, breakfast, your, <laughs> your lunch, dinner, everything. So in uh, the last meal you eat right before pregame, I'm guessing you all had breakfast last? Yeah, yes. it was like a breakfast, lunch kind well, of thing. I got you. So they literally so you'll come in. It'll be uh, right before your final meetings. Everybody will come sit down, and usually the coach is already there when everybody, all the players are showing up. So you're just okay. walking towards that table with Coach Bo just giving you the mean mug pregame. <laughs> Take it away, Nate. I just wanted to set the context <laughs> yeah. for the listeners. So um, most of the other position coaches are already there, but Coach Bo, he kind of waits. I guess he probably doesn't want to spend too much time with us before the game. <laughs> He's probably got bigger things to worry about. But uh, we'll sit over there and talk a little bit, try to stay a little quieter because everyone else is with their position coach meeting. And uh, we'll, one of us will see him coming and we'll be like, shh, like, he's coming. He'll walk up, like, Nathan, you got us? I'm like, yes, sir. I say the prayer, go get our food, come sit back down, and it's just silence pretty much. <laughs> and <then laughs> once he leaves, we're like, we say something, he's always like, have a good day or something. We're always like you too, coach. Or then that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> that much contact with the big man before the game. Does that help get get your head right? Yeah, I mean, definitely keeps me focused rather than thinking about other stuff. Because if I was not with Coach Bill, I'd probably be talking about something else. <laughs> <laughs> what swirling winds mean? I hear it all the time, but what does it actually mean? How much would that affect your strategy? So a lot of times when you have swirling winds. It's usually like how the stadium's set up. So uh, some of the stadiums will have openings on certain parts, and the wind will come in through there and leave through the other side or come in through there, and it'll just, like, swirl around instead of leaving straight through. So, like, it'll come in, come back around, and then go back out the same way it came in. So it's pretty much just, like, you never know which way it's going. So when you're lining up and you know you have swirling winds, what what do you do? Do you line up differently? Does any does it affect any of your decision-making? Um. Like I said, with uh, looking at the wind when I go up to kick, uh, one thing I look at is the uprights. Usually they have flags on them, and I'll look at those. But Hampton, they didn't have them, so I'd use the turf a lot more. And then also flags on the side of the stadium. And then um, if I see the wind's, like, really strong, I'll line up a little bit off center and try to uh, aim somewhere inside the upright still, but not in, in the center of it. Okay. I got a would-you-rather question we're uh, separate from our would-you-rathers that we're going <laughs> to ask him later. Okay. Would you rather hit one of those six I'll, – I'll go even 65 yards in a game, okay, or would you rather throw a 20-yard touchdown off a fake play? Ooh. Fire, fire. Um, it just depends on the situation of the game. Like, oh, I, always, I need to answer. I always uh, want to be – I can't defense. If – if both of them are for us to win, then I'd rather hit a 65 just because I trust my kicking ability more than I trust my throwing ability. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as a specialist, you can't kick the entire practice. You just can't do it. You're going to wear your leg out. Yeah. And in the game, you can't sit on the sideline and practice kicking the entire game. What do you all talk about when you're not warming up or locked in? Okay, so um, – that's a hard one because it's just a variety of stuff. Some of it 
probably don't want to talk about on the air, but um, we'll just talk about like our classes and stuff. Oh, this is your son, Coach Cook. Who, who's joining the podcast here? Who's joining us? We got to get a name for the listeners. Knox. Knox. Hey, Knox. Knox is joining us. That was uh, Stuart Cook, our tackles and tight ends coach, by the way, dropping off his son Knox. Mm-hmm. A little. There you go, man. You're just shaking hands, kissing babies, just star <laughs> Kennesaw now. Yeah. Okay, but back to it. What, what, what do all do y'all talk about when you're not practicing or locked in, getting ready to go out in the field? I mean, uh, we'll talk a lot about like stuff that's happened during the week with our kicking and stuff, like. Uh, this year especially, just trying to help the other kickers and punters with form and stuff, like watching them since we don't have video over there. We kind of watch them and give them tips and stuff, and then they do the same for us whenever we are practicing. And then we'll ask, like, would you rather sometimes too, or like hypothetical questions. Coach K will come over and talk to us sometimes, but it just depends on the day. Maybe Nathan should ask the would you rathers this week. Do you have one you could ask us? I don't know if I could ask this one on the air. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can ask it, then we'll go back and cut it. If okay. we can. <laughs> we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. What uh, One thing I want to talk about are these celebrations after field goals. I, I noticed a variety of them. What all celebrations do you have, and, and how does this get cooked up? So um, me and Caleb's, we do that one pretty much every time after PAT and field goal. Uh, he came up with me in practice one day after field goal period, and he's like, Go two claps up top and then cast it out and reel it in like fishing. Because I like to go fishing a lot and so does he. So we have that kind of connection. Then uh, with Evan Thompson, um, my holder, um, me, him, and Potter always fist bump. And then me and Evan will either crack a beer open on our head and (laughs) shotgun. Or uh, against Jack State, we had one planned and I hit it and I just forgot to do it. I was in the moment. (laughs) Uh, I was going to do the range finder for him since he plays golf, grab a club out of his bag and hand it to him, and he's going to chip shot. But I kind of got carried away, and he was like, Nate, where's my club? Where's my club? And I kind of just reached over and threw him something. And <laughs> who's who's the better fisherman between you and Caleb? Uh, probably definitely Caleb. He's been doing it a lot longer. I just got into it more recently. I did a lot when I was younger, but kind of fell out. And then over COVID, I picked it up again, but – definitely say he is what's the biggest fish that you've caught freshwater caught like 20 25 pound catfish and then saltwater we go deep sea fishing with my grandma sometimes and caught like a 10 foot shark one time it took like you two go hours. deep sea fishing with your grandma yeah <laughs> i want to meet this grandma <laughs> where do y'all go deep sea fishing at um she lives in niceville right outside of destin yeah. so we usually go over to destin and uh go out on a charter over there like a private charter usually and we'll go out for, like, half a day and just uh, go with, like, her, my sisters, cousins. You want to know a fun fact, Nathan? This guy to my right, Jordan, has mm. never been on a boat. Really? Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. So uh, a fun fact to, for everyone to know, we share a cl- we have a class together, mm-hmm. okay, t- tomorrow morning as well. Yep. <laughs> he was, we, were t- we started talking about fishing. He recommended a certain hook. I haven't tried it yet, but I went that day to Cabela's and bought <laughs> so much stuff stuff i probably can't afford right i was like i gotta start catching fish because i'm I'm talking to caleb i'm talking i'm talking to nathan i'm just like i can't catch anything i I can't catch anything so i'm 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 relying on on his knowledge here (laughs) nathan what what kind of uh student is jordan in class i mean 
I'm always there early, and I always see him sitting there uh, waiting on the class like me. So he's pretty good. I know he did pretty well in his first test as well. So <laughs> This is news to us. <laughs> Thank you for letting us know, Nathan. We were worried about our friend here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was one we really had to study for. Nathan also uh, timed my forty. Yeah. Yeah, I had to do I had to do those sprints that I was I mean walking I was w walking crooked for the next week for. <laughs> he, he timed my sprint. I mean it was like it was like you know a solid like three nine. <laughs> so, so so how athletic is JG? Um, on a scale of one to ten. Hit me with it. <laughs> one to a uh, hundred. One to a hundred. <laughs> no, one to ten. One to ten. One to ten. I'll give it like a. 5.5. Oh, All man. right. Hey. No. That's what? No. That's not terrible. <laughs> well, okay. Well, Come what's, on. Okay, so what is a normal person five? I should be. I'm, I, I'd uh, say, like, that's a scale. Like, yeah, but I'm, like, 0. 0.5 better than normal. You know what? It's no, fair. It sounds it's, right. I don't, think, right. I don't think normal would be, like, a five because on the top, like, 1% or 10% is, like, is that NFL, NBA, and all that okay. stuff. So, What was oh. your 40 time? The last time we did it, it was 4.9. Hey. That was my 40 time. Hey. Right there, buddy. So if there is ever a kick six situation and you had to go track someone down, 4940, you can you can get to him on the sideline? I, I know for a fact. Nate Nate Nate'll he'll he'll bring the lumber. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> we've seen it on we've kickoffs. Seen it, yeah. <laughs> we've seen it on kickoffs. I mean, I'm hoping that situation won't happen because I feel like uh, I know if I'm in that situation, Coach Bo trusts that I'll at least get it there if we are going for it. So Hopefully it won't happen, but if it did, I'd play safety like I'm supposed to and hope he doesn't get past me. <laughs> well, that's a good answer. Confidence in yourself. Well, Nathan, thanks for joining us. We're going to take a short break here on Inside the Nest, and then we'll find out if your would-you-rather question was good to air, okay? Okay. <laughs> would-you-rather fact or fiction coming up next here on ITN. Fifth Third Bank, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Just look at our name, Fifth Third. Five-thirds equals 166.7%. So, according to the laws of mathematics, we are obligated to put 166.7% into everything we do. From our great customer service, to our security solutions, to providing you access to over 45,000 fee-free ATMs nationwide. This is banking a fifth-third better. Learn more at 53.com. Fifth-third bank, member FDIC. Welcome to the Big South Blitz. I'm Jordan Griffith. Once again, we have a crazy week in the FCS along with a crazy Big South score that you absolutely need to hear. Hint, hint, Monmouth. That's all I'm going to give away. Let's dive right into it. In a very close week in terms of Big South opponents, we had four Big South games this weekend. Obviously, Kennesaw State, I think probably having the biggest blowout performance, a 34-15 win, obviously. Then Campbell and Gardner-Webb. Campbell stomping Gardner-Webb, 42-28. Gardner-Webb, once again, a very up-and-down team and very down as of late. They were just coming off back-to-back -back big losses from Campbell and Monmouth. And in a very close game, Robert Morris edges out Charleston Southern 31-24 to down in Moon Township, Pennsylvania. Robert Morris finally getting on the board here in the Big South. And Charleston Southern looking for some answers. They are winless on the season right now in the Big South. Another close game. North Carolina A&T squeaks past North Alabama 38-34. to North Alabama, a 
very impressive winless team. They are now 0-6 on the season, but they are just fought in so many of these games, a lot of close losses. But North Carolina A&T, the newcomers to the Big South, get a four-point win to start off their Big South journey. And the Monmouth score that I teased in the opener, Monmouth falls to 3-3 three and three at the hands of the Princeton Tigers. The Ivy League school beats Monmouth 31-28. to now, Princeton is a very good football team. They are now 4-0 on the season, but in the reason they were able to beat the Hawks is they went and put the ball in the air. 299 passing yards, only 53 rushing yards, but of course, 352 yards of total offense and not exactly where you want to be for Monmouth. And not that it necessarily helps Kennesaw State too much with those passing yard numbers, but the Monmouth defense may be looking a little suspect, giving up 31 points. So the Hawks now looking at 3-3, three and three, 500 on the season. We'll see if they're going to be able to turn it around for the last game of the season versus Kennesaw State. And it was upsets galore in the FCS around the top 25. Nine ranked teams lost to inferior ranked teams. Six within the top 25. So let's get right into those teams. Just to rapid fire without the scores, Nichols lost to Southeast LA. That's Southeast Louisiana. Stephen F. Austin lost to Jacksonville State. They were ranked number 23. Number 16, UNI loses to North Dakota State. Number 15, Missouri State loses to Youngstown State. Number 13, North Dakota loses to South Dakota. Number 9, Delaware lost to Rhode Island. And number 7, I think the most shocking loss, UC Davis loses to Idaho State, a team without a win this year, and UC Davis was looking really good early on in the season, but that was obviously not going their way. Number three, James Madison losing to Villanova. And finally, number two, South Dakota State losing to Southern Illinois. So with all those FCS top-ranked teams falling, it's going to be interesting to see where Kennesaw State falls amongst them. But that is it for the Big South Blitz. Once again, an insane week in the FCS along with a crazy Big South week. I'm Jordan Griffith. This is the Big South Blitz. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get back to Inside the Nest. We know you're concerned for your health, but rest assured, we are here for you. Our hospitals, health parks, and offices are open and taking every safety precaution so you can get the care you need. Wellstar, more than healthcare, people care. And welcome back into Inside the Nest. You will have to ask Nathan off air what his would you rather question is. Uh, that was not going to be able to air here on Inside the Nest. Good try, though, Nathan. Good, good try. We'll answer it off here. It was here. close. It almost made the cut. <laughs> well, Jordan, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have to bump it down here. Can you give us our, our PG Would You Rather question? Would you rather only be able to wash your hair twice a year or only be able to check your phone once a day? Mm, so I would say if you can't cut off your hair, um, I'll just do check my phone once a day. I mean... I'm not really on it too much as it is, but uh, I definitely just do it once a day. I mean, I don't have much going on on there anyway. <laughs> I love the plain tone. He's <laughs> like, hey, you know what? Eh, I could live without it. But <laughs> I, I'm with him. It, it, you know what? As a fisherman, as an outdoorsman, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Right? You, you should be able to just check your phone once a day. I mean, you probably don't even – do you even take it when you're on the lake or, or when you're kayaking? I take it. I put it under my seat and – I mean, I have my ringer on just in case someone calls me, but other than that, I'll send a picture of a fish to, like, Caleb and Isaac or something, <laughs> and then one of my buddies back home because he's working and he'd rather be fishing, so <laughs> I make him a little jealous. You a better fisherman than Isaac? Uh, I've 
haven't gone with him, but I'd say we'd probably be about even. He said he hasn't really bass fished much, and I haven't either until this year, so I'd say I'm probably a little bit ahead of him right now. All right. I need you guys' answer. I'll, I'll go last on this one. Personally, I'm going to have to say I'd go with checking my phone once a day because that's okay. – one, I need to stop looking at it so much. That that'd probably help mm -hmm. with that one. And then I enjoy washing my hair. I feel like twice twice a year, that's that's not, that's not enough, man, you know? <laughs> I have a rebuttal to that, but I want to hear Nolan's too. I'd love to only be able to check my phone once a day. That'd make life so much easier. <laughs> you don't get to emails and stuff. It's like, right. I can only check it once <laughs> a day. <What>? Already <laughs> use that. Right, but he, he, here's the thing to both of you. You are paralegal. You are a very busy man with being being the voice of the owls. You can only check your phone once a day. You are going to miss so much work. You are going to miss so many communication things that you need. Either you're attached to your computer because you're going to have to email everything. <laughs> I mean, the work's got to get done, fellas. I don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't think uh, people are just going to be okay with like, ah, yeah. You have a condition. You can only check your phone once <laughs> okay, a day. Okay, look. Jordan, I'm married, okay? So <laughs> it's, either, it's, it's either – Dealing with the consequences of not being able to email on my phone or any post on social media for our Kennesaw accounts. Don't really do much on my own these days. Or have oily hair. My hair gets oily after 24 hours. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's bad. Deal with that for a year? Uh -huh. my, I feel bad for my wife. I'm not saying my wife can complain. I would feel bad for her to have to be around that for so okay. long. And that's, you know what, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good guy answer. That's yeah. unselfish. That's, that's a good way to think of it. I'll go... I'll go with the hair. I'll, I'll do it because, I, I listen, I would miss so much. It's not that I, I love texting people. I even get on social media. Trust me, Twitter last night after the Chiefs loss was miserable. I, I shouldn't have gone on there anyway. <laughs> but in, in the future, if I can only check my phone once a day, I'm getting zero jobs. That's just the fact of it. So I, I would go with I, just purely out of, the, out of the job principle, I'll go with that one. All right. Well, good question. Now, Nathan, we're going to keep you on the podcast here because we're going to find out if you can join the scoreboard. Every single one of your teammates that's come on here in fact or fiction has gotten it right except for Zion Katina. Oh. He's been the only one that's gotten it wrong, Should've and that was, that was last week. <laughs> so it's simple. Brandon Sutton's going to give you two statements. One's fact, one fiction. You tell us which is which. All right. Puts the phone Let's down. Do yeah, puts this. the phone down. Just, this Check one's, it once this a one's day, coming man. back from the memory banks. All right. All right. In high school, I defeated Coach Chestnut three times in the high school football. I played for the Callaway Cavaliers, and he coached for the Central Carrollton. I want to say they were the Eagles. Or? Or H&M stands uh, – ASOS stands for As Seen On Screen. A-S-O-S. -S. It's a clothing brand. I feel like you're really detailed on the first one, so I'm going to go fiction for that one. So you think the first one is about him and, and Chestnut is fake? Yeah. Oh, because there's too much detail. Okay. okay. I, I, I feel like when you do two truths and a lie, people will sometimes add too much detail to fabricate it. That's a, that's a good way of looking at it. Okay. I will go with that one as well because I feel like you beat him four times. Oh, okay. That's all, what I was thinking. All four years. I was thinking all four. That's, I'm locking my answer. I'm going to go going. with – that the three you beat Coach Chestnut three times is true, and I'm going to say the other one is false. I, I do worry about him saying that he beat Chestnut all four years. I feel like that could definitely be it. Um, but I'm going to say, I'll, I'll go with saying that's true, and I'll say with the I don't know what ASOS is. It's probably 
as saw on TV or something stupid. It's like a little a little switch there. So now I have a lot riding on this because I'm tied with Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big deal for me. So I accidentally beat Coach Chestnut two times. <sighs> let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go, Nate. Yes. Try to give you too yes. much credit. See, <laughs> <laughs> no. so I didn't know which one to go with. I kind of thought I was like it could be either two or four. I'm like three is just too specific. That's something I would have done. So you tried to sneak it past us. I could, yeah. Yeah. Second, yeah. a second thought was going to be that he beat you three times, and you switched it on us. But too much detail. I'll store that for the next time I have to make one up. See, yeah. the, the detail killed me. Well, Nathan, thanks for joining us on Inside the Nest. As we wrap this up, do you have uh, any shout-outs you like to give to friends, family, teammates, fans? Yeah, uh, shout-out to my dad. He listens every week. Uh, he's always there at the games, too. I love his support. And then my mom as well and family, and then also my girlfriend, Jordan. So, All right. Well, Nathan, thanks for joining us. Good luck against North Carolina a and Saturday. Looking forward to watching him make a 65-yarder. <laughs> I appreciate it. For Nathan Robertson, Brandon Sutton, Jordan Griffin, I'm Nolan Alexander. See you this Friday, 5 o'clock homecoming. Owls against the Aggies. Get your tickets, ksuowls.com slash tickets. And until next time, go Owls.